My name is Matthew Schneeman. Spoon Jackson has been in prison for 42 years. In that time, he's become a poet and a journalist. This show is about his poetry. Now, I don't like poetry, but after getting to know Spoon, I started to. So this show recreates that process, but for you. Spoon reads a poem, maybe you'll like it. Then we put it in some context, I do a feature on it, and at the end, we reread the poem. And this time, hopefully, goddammit, you do like it. This episode is about family. In it, I interview Spoon's brother, Abe Lincoln Jackson. Was that normal, or how did you normally kill the pig? They'll shoot him in the head, in the forehead, in the head, I think. And my parents. No, I mean, you don't, you try not to even think about what what you would do in that situation. Enjoy. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, call or dial five now. So you had 14 brothers and then nine step-siblings? Yeah, something like that. I have 14 uh, full brothers and then a few half-brothers and sisters. That is an incredible number. I mean... Actually, 15. One of us died in birth. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was 15 of us. All boys. And you're a younger... You're one of the youngest, right? I was second to the youngest. Yeah, you and I have that in common. We're both uh, little brothers. And uh, I'm going to have to call you back later. Okay, I heard that announcement. Are they having a... Um... Something came up. All right, you going to be there all day or what time? It might be tomorrow then if I can't get you. At night... I fly. Today I die. I died yesterday and tomorrow. And at night, I fly. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. Hey man, look like you waiting for the call. <laughs> yeah. What what happened? Yeah. Uh, nothing. Just had uh, they put went on first watch status. Yeah. What, what does that mean? First, first watch, watch status mean mean that they did not have enough staff to run the prison. Oh, okay. So it, it's not the yeah. same thing as a lockdown. It was just a no. They don't do the big. You can't do no lockdown here because it's a dorm. If one race get into it with another race, what the hell can they do? You can't lock nobody fucking down. They pass laws where you can't keep people on lockdown. Them long ass. Nine-month lockdowns. I was on some of them up there, new folks. That shit is crazy. You were involved in a nine-month lockdown? Oh, uh, 12, uh, a year lockdown for you. So what does that mean? Just confined yeah. to your cell? Yeah, come out for showers, handcuffed to go to the showers, and handcuffed and go, go to the medical. Other than that, you're in the cell with no... Shit. Let's do a little intro uh, for this this episode. So, welcome to At Night I Fly. I'm Matthew Schneeman. We're talking about family with our wonderful host and poet leader, Spoon Jackson. How's it going, Spoon? Uh, it's going fine, and family is a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. One of my brothers, Rob, the one that holds up the hall, 
he was so mad, he wanted to get a shotgun and come up to the sheriff's department and get me out of jail. Yeah, did, did everyone have to because stop him? We didn't him? know how to communicate. Yeah, we didn't know how to communicate as boys because dad, my dad probably didn't communicate that well. He, he rarely talked. But when when they got money together to get me an attorney and, you know, my sister-in-law was always there in the, in the courtroom and all that old stuff. And when I got found guilty, you could hear him crying and hollering. And my dad had his longer sentences to me when I was sitting in the county jail. So nothing a whole, a whole lifetime to each other. So I came to prison, he said, boy, you better pray. And that was about it. Do you have a, a copy of Longer Ago with you? Uh, yeah. Great. Let's do Fat King. Fat King? <laughs> okay, this is called Fat King. The little piglet with his hard brush head. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. The little piglet with his hard brush hair is so frisky cute when young. So royal and regal like a fat king when old. How he got out of his pen, I do not know. There must be a hole in the fence. He must have strayed hungry into the spring. He must have strayed hungry into the dawn. He wanted to know what was behind the pigeon coop. He wanted to know what was behind the big evergreen bush. He wanted to know what was outside his pent-up world. Too young to know better, he wanted too soon to be on his own. I must have been too late to feed his mom. She must have been too late with milk. The little piglet, how he got away from the dog that mauled him and tore his way home, I do not know. He lies there in his own pasture of blood and the flies with green bellies have laid their legacy in his wounds. I do not know how his curiosity didn't get him killed. I'm happy he's alive. My shoulder is hurting me. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. No, it's all right. I'm out there and try to grab a basketball. You have 60 seconds remaining. Was that an actual uh, a pig that you remember? I'm going to be eating. Yeah, no, I remember eating pork chops. The pig in the poem, was that a real pig or just... Yeah, yeah, that was a real pig, but, you know, he he grew up to be a run after that. He didn't get big? Because he had maggots. Yeah, he, had, he got bigger, but he had maggots that was eating him up. And I happened to look between his fur when I got him back in the pen, and that's when I seen the maggots eating him up. So they, they would have kept eating him. They would have ate right through his heart. So oh, my God, yeah. And, uh, I went and got some of that uh, stuff from the feed store some purple stuff medicine you put inside the womb and all the maggots came out because maggots ain't nothing but fly larvae and it's them green flies uh, that lays that larvae and you lays the little worms and you the maggots in you anytime you got a cut or something like that and you get a green fly on it you, you better watch it and that's what they do they lay the eggs on there and become maggots Aww. but they would eat that little this call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded they would eat him with a lot little pig up alive you know, he was cool because he was ended up trying to breed with the, the sows and all of those stuff. So he grew up and lived a good pig's life, I think. Mm. 
could you like tell me one memory or like one kind of image from childhood about your family? When we slaughtered a hog, how all my brothers and stuff came around and neighbors and we'd all be around there and we all gathered around and... Oh, this is Matthew. Yes, this is um, Abraham Jackson. Eggs, bacon, sausage, you eat. Mm -hmm. Man, I'm out I tear all that up. <laughs> I was just talking to your brother. He called me back. Abe. Yes, Abe. How, how are you doing? Or do you go by Abraham? Yeah, I told him. Yeah, he's supposed to, yeah. I told him who you were again. Either way, it's okay. They what we did with the hog and cut it up and meat. How, how does that work? Well, you, you, you get in the pen and you use, you use a gun or you use a hammer. They'll shoot him in the, in the forehead, in the head, I think. Oh, they would usually do, shoot him in the head, but I think he hit him in the head with the hammer at that time. Mm. But Rob was, Rob was pretty big. So he, he was muscular and stuff, so I guess the pig said, well, I can't have this. <laughs> That's what Rob and them used to do, and, you know, you do it quickly, try not to cause it much pain. Now, I know it's cruel things, and, and so you do that, and then you hang him, then you uh, got to cut his throat and let the blood come out, and you have a big barrel of water boiling before that. Take him over to the table with the hot scalding water and the big drum, and they start dipping the pig in the the hot scalding water, and then they have knives, two or three brothers have knives, and they start scraping the hair off. Oh, so the water is to soften the hair. Yeah, so then they scrape it off, kind of like shaving, you know, sometimes people do that when they shave. Scrape the hair and stuff off. And you gotta have music, though. You have music and beer, doing what they do, drinking and talking, and, you know, dogs are around, and all the problems that was in Barstow are around. But family is, uh, you'll find out, especially when you get a tragedy in your life or something like that, how your family will rally around you like a herd of elephants. When you see an elephant fall, from the documentaries I've seen, a family of elephants could stay around there until the fallen member become bones. Abe, I thought he hated me the most, and I found out he was the most, uh, loyal and loving brother and stayed in contact with me all the time I've been in prison. Well, I, I, try, to, I try to look out for my younger brothers and do what I can to try to help them out. And, but I never really thought I'd put so much effort out trying to communicate to him that I didn't like it. So I try to, you know, look out for him. Uh, I bottle fed him, you know, when he was big. I just had to hear those stories. Uh, Abe probably tell you more about them, probably about them sort. Hmm. I interviewed. Remember I stole his boot though one time and got bit by a dog as I tried to go to the store because the boots were too big. And he was sitting on the port la porch laughing. Who Abe? So that's where I get, yeah. He said that's where I get for stealing his boots. <laughs> the damn thing bit me right in the ass too. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I'd have laughed at something like that happened, but I could have been. I don't know. I don't, I don't recall that. He did remember. He told me about it one day, Ryan. <laughs> he might not remember now. Yeah. He told me about it years and years ago. Yeah, he might, I remember, though. I didn't want to get bit in the ass. I, I interviewed my parents because we had... They had five kids, and a lot of people thought that was, like, a lot of kids. And so I thought it would be fun to ask them about 
if they would have had um, 14 boys instead. Yeah, that's 15 boys. We actually have 15. 15. Boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, one, 14 surviving. Died, died at birth. One died at birth right after birth. My mom got... At one point, someone reported her house because they thought we were uh, an unlicensed daycare center. And my mom got, uh, oh. somebody sent us a ticket. Oh, because you had, what, five kids? That was it, and they thought that was unlicensed daycare? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is a letter from the Community Human Services Department in the city of St. Paul, October 1st, 1985. It has come to our attention that you have been operating an unlicensed daycare home at the above address. So um, I called the city, the Department of Human Services, and said, they're really all my own kids. And um, <laughs> so at any rate... And they but, didn't believe it. Uh, yeah, I felt that I was not believed and was treated with very curtly on the phone. We, we used to make phone calls back then, so I wrote the local newspaper columnist, and he wrote an article in the paper. Schneeman is a mother. <laughs> she even likes it. As many mothers like Schneeman there might be, Schneeman is beginning to feel as though society is biased, biased against them. In fact, Schneeman has proof of sorts. The, the article day, goes on, or the opinion piece goes on, and it's interesting to me and my family, but it's not universal. What is universal is wondering how you would feel and how difficult it would be if your friend or family member was in jail or prison or are in prison because there are millions of people in prison which is a lot of family what would you have done if one of us got uh, put in prison oh that would be a heartbreak really really hard i'm sure it's a ton, ton of worry for the parents you know, and right. you know life is very difficult inside prison, and you can't just go see the person whenever you want and have time with them. And it's 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 not. Well, it, it could have happened. I'm sure, like all of us at some point had like marijuana on us or bought it or something illegal. Right, and it was pretty severe. Yeah, I could have gotten put away for like drunk driving and like hitting someone. But Matthew, you gotta look at these pictures. Me. Look at you. You were awesome. That's me? You were dancing. There is no question that there's a lot of luck involved. Where you live, you know, suburban Minnesota, I think the police, you know, are um, might, might have given you a break at least on one occasion that I know. Oh, yeah, when I was... Look at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but the officer, instead of dragging you in... He, didn't he let you go? Let you go home? Look at you! Look at your That's eyes! That's me! Look at your eyes! Aren't you beautiful? No, I mean you don't. You try not to even think about what what you would do in that situation. Um, but you know we've we've learned that you just have to be adaptive and um, just keep your cool as change occurs. Yeah, not a lot has changed. Oh, oh it's your like birthday. Oh, it's your birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Guess you were adorable. Just adorable. Just the cutest. 
Normally, we reread the poem from the beginning of the episode. But for this one, even though it's the first episode, we're going to break with convention immediately. Spoon had another poem about family that was just great. So I thought, let's feature that one. Can I ask you to read a poem uh, that is about your mom? It has your mom in it? Yeah, you got a lot of episodes. You're going to have a lot of work to do. Well, this is just for the same one. It's a, I just think it's it's a good poem. And it, we've been talking which a lot one? about boys and your dad. Um, yeah, which poem? Backstop on page 81. Yeah, yeah. Backstop for my mom, Hortense Whitney Jackson. Backstop. The crow is barking like a dog outside the window on the backstop of life. My mom, who brought me into this world, passed on years ago. But on quiet nights and deep dreams, we meet. She cooks my favorite foods. Sometimes a deer comes for dinner. And he don't come to be eaten. He comes to sit at the table with us, the deer. I know, because you told me this a yeah. long time ago. That's, a, that's from a dream, isn't yeah. it? Dream, one of the most famous dreams to me is when my mom, you know, she's been passed since 87. And sometimes I would dream about her and we sitting down there in a bar store in this trailer. And she would make dinner and we'd be eating and a deer is sitting at the table eating with us. <laughs> I like this. And I said, man, that's a cool dream. I never forgot that dream. That's a cool dream. Yeah, I know it was my mom was there and the deer was there and I was there. I don't know about anybody else who eating something good. Maybe, maybe we, I don't know, maybe it was my meatloaf that my mom, I had her make instead of cake on my birthday. Oh, that's cute. You, you asked for meatloaf instead of cake? Hell yeah. <laughs> we had to be creative in some of our, uh, we ended up being creative. We used to eat the pig feet and pig ears and hog head cheese and Pig brains. My mama tricked my mother tricked us one time. She cooked up some scrambled eggs for breakfast, and she scrambled some hog brains, pig brains, in, in the eggs, and told us that we were already eating. I said, "Well, it tastes, it tastes pretty good." I just kept eating it. Oh, but some of them said, well, "I'm not eating it." <laughs> I'm kind of tricked. Us. I met Mother Teresa. What? She's so real. Yeah, I met her. She came in the San Quentin the day of my mother's funeral. I was so pissed they wouldn't let me go to a funeral, but Mother Teresa showed up, and I saw her. You have 60 seconds remaining. She reached out to me, didn't know who I was, and gave me a little cross, and that was one of the most beautiful things that ever happened. I felt that my mother was with her. So what's up? Is there one more call, or that's it? Yep, yep, we can uh, we can wrap up. Are, are you good? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's cool. All right, talk to you in a second. Bye, talk to you Let's do a an outro. Um, do you want to talk us out? Oh, okay, okay. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I want to welcome you all to uh, At Night I Fly, and hopefully you'll find something useful in this episode and inspiring, because that's what we tend to do. We want to inspire the human elements of ourselves, the freedom, the, the dreams, the beauty, the love, the kindness. 
feed one another. That's what we want to inspire. It's Spoon Jackson of At Night I Fly. And, and Matthew Schneeman, co-host. Uh, Spoon, do you remember our tagline? You have to tell me again. You got to remember, I'm going spontaneous. I ain't got no notes or nothing recorded. <laughs> Uh, you said uh, this has been like at night I fly and I hope you all fly with us or something. Okay. Yeah, I hope you write it down too so we know it next time. This is <laughs> at night I fly and I hope you will all fly along with us beyond the unknown and beyond the known. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Thank you very sort much. Sort of like Star Trek. You got to remember I'm a trackie so I'm going to sound goofy. <laughs> Me too. All right, bro. I'm done. Let's okay. go watch football. All right, thanks. All right. Peace. Yep. Have a good day. Spoon's poetry book that we use for this show is called Longer Ago. It's available online. His memoir by heart is available through New Village Press, and his podcast Uncuffed is available on all podcast platforms. There's a petition on change.org for Spoon's life sentence to be reevaluated. My name is Matthew Schneeman. I produced and did the music for this episode. <laughs>